What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. President Joe Biden won Arizona in the 2020 election, but his 0.3 percentage point margin was the closest presidential contest in the state's history. And it was the tightest margin across the country. The 2020 election marked the first time in modern Arizona history that Democrats had a lead in early ballots a week before Election Day. Republicans eventually closed that gap, putting the percentage of ballots returned within 1% of each other. But it was a shock to the system for a lot of Republicans. Some Republicans have continued to question the validity of the election. However, all of the lawsuits by the Republican Party challenging the results have been dismissed because of a lack of evidence. It bears repeating. None of the claims made by the Arizona Republican Party are substantial enough to reverse the course of the election. Biden won Arizona. Now Republican lawmakers, though, are looking to change how Arizonans vote, as well as how those votes are counted. Everything is on the table, from mail-in voting to the permanent early voting list. So what do these changes mean for you? Well, you'll find out in today's episode. Joining us today is state legislative reporter Andrew Oxford. Andrew, welcome back. Give us an overview of the proposed changes. There are really, I think, two main buckets of bills, right? One bucket would change the voting process. Another would change how votes are counted and audited. So let's go ahead and take a look at the first bucket, the one that changes the way we vote. What are some of the changes that Republican lawmakers are hoping to enact? And really, what's their motivation for wanting these changes to begin with? Yeah, I mean, some legislation would end voting by mail as we know it, right? Uh, Representative Kevin Payne proposed abolishing the permanent early voting list, for example, that's House Bill 2370. He quickly said he didn't expect it to go anywhere, but he's still proposing that voters get their uh, envelopes notarized before mailing ballots back. Uh, Rep. John Fillmore has House Bill uh, 2701, which says the only people who should be allowed to vote by mail are people who can't go to the polls in person. But not only would the bill strictly limit voting by mail, it would limit the number of early voting places per county. So Maricopa County could only have 15 uh, early voting places, and that's nowhere near the number the county opened last year. So more people would need to vote at a polling place, but there will be fewer places to vote early. Uh, Senator Kelly Townsend has proposed SB 1503. That would uh, allow voters to get ballots in the mail, but voters would have to return those ballots in person. Uh, You know, that pretty much defeats the point of voting by mail for a lot of folks, right? It would probably just end up excluding a lot of folks with limited mobility or transportation. Um, so, you know, somewhat more subtle than that is a bill by Senator Michelle Eugenti Rita that would automatically remove voters from the permanent early voting list 
if they don't vote in two consecutive primary and general elections. So I'm guessing folks can make the leap to try to understand why all of these bills from all these Republicans are popping up at the state legislature. What are you hearing from folks down there? I mean, what's the true motivation behind these things? I mean, you know, part of this really is an extension of a years-long tug of war down here, right, at the Capitol over uh, over voting. I mean, it's nothing new to have debates over the permanent early voting list, for example. But obviously, the last election, the uh, you know dispute of the results, the rejection of the results by a lot of Republican lawmakers. I mean, you had Republican lawmakers who wanted to overturn the results of the presidential election. Um, that's added a real urgency to this. And I think drawn in some lawmakers who previously didn't have maybe such a, a keen interest in this area. Um, and even for those lawmakers who maybe don't you know, buy into a lot of the, the claims that have been flying around or, or don't necessarily see this as a priority, certainly, I mean, virtually all of them have been deluged, right, with messages from you know, constituents who do believe all of this and do think something needs to be done and want to see them do something about it. And so I, I, frankly, I think some of them too also feel like they need to be able to say they did something right when they, when they go back to their district. Okay. So pressure on Republicans is one thing. What about the Democrats in the legislature? How have they responded to all of this? You know, Democrats say Republicans are targeting voting by mail because it has helped them boost turnout. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Representative Raquel Turan. She's a Democrat from Phoenix, and now she's the chair of the state Democratic Party. You know, she views this whole push as just a reaction to the party's successes in recent elections. You know, uh, even you know that that bill to um, uh, take people off the permanent early voting list if they miss a few elections. Um, you know, just that would Democrats say that would purge hundreds of thousands of people off the list, right? And it, it, it's no small uh, proposal. They view all of this as just a response by Republicans who they you know, would say don't like what Arizonans are voting for and would rather you know change how Arizonans vote than you know try to win them back or or campaign differently or run different candidates. So what's the likelihood that the mail-in voting process will be changed this session? Yeah, I think it'll be changed somehow. I, I think proposals like Michelle Eugenti Rita's are, are probably much more viable than getting rid of mail voting altogether, right? Uh, yeah, after all, the process has proven popular. About 3.2 million Arizona voters are on the permanent early voting list. Uh, I think there are plenty of Republicans who would like it to continue in some form. So I'm not sure... The idea of just getting rid of it is going to fly. But, yeah, I do think some of those tweaks um, could you know, totally end up passing. So what is that going to mean for voters? Is there any sense uh, for people who prefer mail-in voting as to what may change for them at this point as, as far as what they need to do to participate that way? Maybe. You know, we're going to find out. Uh, it's a good reminder to, to keep an eye on the mailbox, you know, that – that bill, uh, Michelle Eugenti Rita's idea for removing people from the permanent early voting list, for example, would require county recorders notify voters by mail before removing anyone and giving them a chance to respond. So, you know, if these bills end up passing, uh, definitely keep an eye out on, on mail like that. And, 
you know, keep up with your voter registration, right? Uh, you know, fortunately, Maricopa County has some uh, good ways to do that online. But, uh, you know, as we get past this session, yeah, it'll definitely be worth just double checking before you head to the polls next time or the next time an election's coming up and you're waiting for your ballot. Let's circle back to the second type of change that you mentioned. Republicans want to alter how votes are counted or audited. What changes in particular do you think that they're trying to make? And again, what's the motivation? Representative Shauna Bullock, a Republican from here in Phoenix, she's proposed letting the legislature take away the victory of a presidential candidate for any reason. Under her bill, the legislature could revoke the Secretary of State's issuance of a certificate of election to presidential electors. And those are the people who cast the Electoral College votes. So that pretty much means the legislature could void a presidential election on its own uh, without even holding hearings or being in session. This is the broadest such bill I've seen, you know, and it comes after Several Republican lawmakers proposed doing exactly this, overturning the results of the presidential election in Arizona. And as to the motivation, I mean, it's exactly what we saw just a few months ago of uh, lawmakers, you know, disputing the results and uh, wanting to really take matters into their own hands. Okay, so sort of the same question again, how have the Democrats responded to these proposals and um, have they introduced anything that would alter voting uh, from their perspective? You know, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs responded to the uh, bill by Representative Bullock by just asking, you know, what's the point of having a presidential election at all? Uh, you know, and I, I've heard actually you know, similar arguments from various lawmakers, right, that if you're just going to let the legislature decide who won or who didn't win, um, you kind of defeat the point of having the election in the first place, don't you? As you know, as for Democrats and, and what the sorts of changes they'd like to see, there are, you know, a number of proposals that we see uh, many years really about things like uh, creating automatic voter registration. Uh, so, you know, automatically registering people to vote who are eligible uh, as, as well as, you know, making the permanent early voting list easier to use. So, you know, very much a push in, in a very different direction. And, uh, you know, similar to measures that we've seen in a lot of other states trying to expand, uh, you know, accessibility of voting. We've even seen proposals to lower the voting age to 16. Um, you know, of course, you know, that is certainly not likely to pass. And uh, I, I you know, proposals like automatic voter registration, especially coming out of such an intense election, uh, are really unlikely to get, you know, any traction with Republicans. What do you think seems to be motivating uh, Democrats with their legislative efforts? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it'd be a lot of this uh, reflects legislation you see in a number of states to, you know, Democrats argue that, uh Voting should be made a lot easier, not a lot harder. And, uh, you know, that this is a civil rights issue. This is, you know, there's still work to be done in expanding the franchise and ensuring that the right to vote is uh, protected and, and, and real. So, uh, you know, that's been a big part of it. And you've seen uh, 
things like Pevel, you know, the permanent early voting list, really be important to Democratic get out the vote efforts. Uh, you know, organizers, campaigns have been really savvy about using tools like that back when ballot collection was legal, you know, using things like that uh, to boost turnout, to reach voters who might not otherwise participate, uh, you know, to make sure voters are kind of taking that less, last step beyond registering to vote and actually casting the ballot. You know, so uh, for them, I mean, these are all kind of key tools to, to turning out new people to vote. So how has Governor Ducey signaled his support for any changes to mail-in voting or how votes are counted and audited and such? Where's the governor at on all this? You know, I haven't heard anything specific, but you know, he spent much of the election year defending the election process that we've got. Uh, so big changes would seem pretty weird after all the talk of how we already do elections right in Arizona. So how much of this, particularly on the Republican side, is perhaps less about actually trying to get the legislation passed and more about maybe trying to elevate the political stature or political status of some of these lawmakers, particularly those like Michelle Eugenti Rita, who is named every couple of cycles or so or every couple of years uh, to be eyeing a potential run for Congress? And that's a great question. I mean, that's a huge part of it, because as we've seen among certainly Republican primary voters, there is a lot of interest in this issue. And there is uh, there are plenty of voters who don't accept the results of the presidential election, who believe what their legislators, what their former president, what their members of Congress are telling them that there was some sort of widespread fraud, that there was something wrong with this election, you know, no matter if those claims don't hold up to scrutiny, those are still really popular and widely held views. And, and there obviously are a lot of Republican legislators who see this legislation as a way to speaking of speaking to those voters and reaching them and showing them that, you know, they share those views and, and they're not, you know, uh, 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 gonna, um, they're not going to challenge those opinions. In fact, they're going to embrace them and run with them. All right, Andrew, as always, thank you so much for taking the time to break this down for us. For those of you who want to continue following your coverage on this issue, and I suspect there will be many, where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Andrew B. Oxford. Okay, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Yvonne, this really seems like a mess. The Republican Party is sort of lurching around, uh, trying to get its hands around an election that once again did not go well from their perspective and what to do about it. There's the legislative side of it, but there are other things that they could look at. Uh, give us a sense of what else Republicans might want to do to try and boost their prospects at the ballot box. Look, I think the governor is not going to sign these into law. I mean, as Andrew noted, he has been a staunch defender of the process here. Um, I think there are a couple of things that we need to be watching for here. One, beyond the legislative session, whereas Andrew said they may make small tweaks here and there, um, 
I think Republicans might have their eye on 2022 and perhaps taking a ballot measure to the voters in 2022 to let them determine what voter integrity issues need to be considered and passed by them. Um, they see the demographic changes happening just like we do. The state is becoming more progressively blue. We're purple right now. These changes at some point are going to catch up with them. The only thing that they can do is either dramatically and radically change their messaging, which we can see is not going to happen given the reelection of uh, Kelly Ward and the people who are of her own uh, like-minded kind of politics. Or they can uh, change the rules. And if they try to change the rules, I think uh, with voters, they may have um, much more of a success. Here's the problem, though. If they try to do this in 2022 and Katie Hobbs, who's the secretary of state, is now running for governor, they risk giving her a platform and unearned or earned media, perhaps, and to come in as the cape-wearing heroine of election integrity, and that could cost them the governor's office in 2022. So Republicans have seen um, some of their strategies backfire recently. For instance, some Republicans are calling for an audit of the Arizona party chair election, where Kelly Ward won by just 42 votes. And they're questioning the validity of her reelection. We presume a portion of uh, party activists will deem her win as illegitimate over the next couple of years, which could cause another layer of problems. But what are the likelihood or the chances that any of these measures sort of backfire on Republicans beyond the potential Katie Hobbs element? Well, I think that that's no small um, problem for them to face is that if Katie Hobbs does run for governor, especially coming from the Secretary of State's office and after 2020, that would be really significant damage to their their messaging. I think that the other thing, though, as you've alluded to, is the the state Republican Party's election last week was something that is problematic for the party that wants to claim the high ground on election integrity to have any kind of lingering clouds hanging over that result to have administered an election only including Republicans by definition that is so bollocksed is something that will you know just not sit well you can practically hear the democratic ads right now saying that you know their response to democracy is to just make it harder and to take it away and it's just something that um i think the party is still lurching uh from uh one thought to another and this is really sort of the political equivalent of spitballing that may not wear well by the time that we get to actual elections next year All right, guys, that is it for today's Gaggle episode. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. We have seen new reviews come in and we love, love, love what we're seeing. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Katie O'Connell with help from Maritza Dominguez. 
Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.